7. This is Ground Control to Calculus. Welcome back to 10 10 10 to 10 10 10, the only Tintin podcast from space. I'm your host, Janusz. From space. Wait, sorry, I meant to say. Ooh. I thought that was the one I'm, I'm sorry for accidentally doing a Doctor Who first. Um. Hi, gamers. We're in space. Actually, we're not on space. We're on the no. ground. No. Um, well, what is Earth uh, if not? Baby, don't hurt me. Also a planet. We're in a miscellaneous country that's a parody of something that I don't understand. And we're not. We are being denied a magical moon adventure. <sighs> yeah, don't worry about the fake country names. Um, Actually, really teasing us on this one. I'm Sarah, by the way. And with us is... Who are you? <laughs> I'm Ray, um, and I am a goat. No, I won't explain. Um, and I used to do podcasts, but now I don't do any podcasts. And I'm very happy to be here and talk about Tata. Newsflash, asshole. You've been podcasting for ten minutes now. Okay, two minutes. Hell, fucking yeah, I have. <gasps> we got you back in the game. Tricked. Yeah. <laughs> Tricked? <laughs> yeah, you know it. We're, you know it. Um, we're the the, po- the podcast of all time. This is the only podcast <laughs> I heard. Yeah, it's the only hey, one. Hey, so we uh, we're well, talking about. God, I'm uh, on it. If there's only one, this is the one you got to be on. You know. Mm. Yeah. Gamers, we're talking about Destination Moon, um, from the Adventures of sure. Tintin, written by our favorite man Herge. It's definitely one of my favorite men of all the men. Yeah, the least racist man I know. Yeah, out of of all the people who wrote this comic, is my favorite. (laughs) Of all the people named Herge who wrote Tintin, definitely my favorite one. Yeah, better than Herge two, the sequel to Herge. This time, I haven't, I haven't really looked into the history before, so I'm just skimming the Wikipedia, but. This yeah, time, he decided to do science fiction because his friend Edgar is Jacobs, who I talked fiction? about... It is, I think. Well, I, think I mean, I is. guess it is. It, it was a, in the 50s, because like... at that point, the going to the moon was, like... Yes. N- not in. Like, it's, it, it still took, like, 19 years until it actually happened yes. from, like, the point he started but this comic. All the things that are fun about science fiction are not here. Do you, would they have been fun in the 1950s when people hadn't gone to the moon? I mean, what do you think Impossible is fun about say. science fiction? Um, I, I really hoped you wouldn't ask me that. Because, <laughs> like, from my experience, what people like about Star Trek is that it's gay. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, there you go, Hergé. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I mean, I mean, Hedekin Tintin did go on a lovely date at the beginning of this. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite enough for me. Yeah, this is actually possibly one of the least like sexually tense, yeah. like Hadakin Tintin books. I feel uh, deprived. I'm so sorry, Ray. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I I fucked up. I've I really robbed. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, apparently because his his friend Edgar Jacobs, who I talked about in an early episode, uh, found success with a science fiction comic. LJ was like, I can also do it. Um, I'm going to do another two-parter. But then he uh, had all the things we talked about last episode, (laughs) so he wrote Land of Black Gold instead. Um, 
I decided to write this one. I don't see any like juicy details. Um, mm. You know, he was looking at some real rockets, and yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. it. Um, Ooh, I'm yeah. looking at a picture of the Nazi German rocket yeah. V2, and it looks exactly like this rocket. Oh, cool, cool, well, cool, 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 cool. That's all the rockets that were out there at the time. So you know, mm. it's very little yeah, to feels really from good, my though. imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look quite mm. like it. This one, this one looks a little uh, more extravagant, I guess. Mm. Mm. It's yeah, it's got more like more chessboard pattern on it. Yeah, it's a bit, this rocket's more scar. Hey, did it's... this um, book instill a very deep and unsettling sense of fear in anybody else? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The, I it made me feel in... bad. <laughs> the... <laughs> like, I mentioned this in pre-talk, but, like, I read this, like, immediately before going to bed, like, mm. the other night, mm. and I had the most stressful dream. Like, it wasn't a nightmare, but it was just, like, a dream in which things are happening and it's just, like, a high-stress situation and you're like... <gasps> mm. <gasps> and it's, it's, you know, the kind of, like, I'm going to... I have to do an exam tomorrow kind of dream. Mm-hmm. And I know in the dream I was, like, yeah. in a rocket going to space and it was just stressful. I mean, it is scary. Yeah. Like, it is a, a David Bowie space Oddity situation at the end where it's like, oh shit, uh, well, contact is Ground lost. control to Captain Haddock. What's going on? Mm. <laughs> it's, I think, the the ending to, like, the final five to ten pages are incredibly strong. Like, that's super atmospheric. Mm. Um, but in total, I must say, it's going to sound, this is going to be maybe a controversial take on this book. Um, I wonder. I was because we have we have been hyped. We have hyped this one up so much. Like everyone oh, was like, been excited oh, to can't go to wait the moon. to get to the. Oh, we didn't even go to the fucking moon. Moon stories. Yeah. And I think all the fondness people have for the moon, two part is gonna be the second part. Like I I realized uh. while reading this that all my strongest memories, like some of my strongest memories of Tintin comics, are from the next book. When they're act- they mm. actually like are on the spaceship and then go to the moon. I've um, made mistakes in my life. This one is this one is all lead up to that, uh, and the science mm-hmm. fiction part is like almost a little dry. Like I think I think yeah. it took me until like the second half to last third of the comic to really get into this. Um, yeah, very, it's very brave. yeah. You go. I was gonna say it's very like detailed in its science. Like at yeah. some point, a mm. guy like completely fully explains like uranium fission to you. Yeah, and the I'm fake like, science is very convincing, but I didn't like it. Well, I mean, as far as I know, that's real science. I remember learning that in school. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of fake science in there. <laughs> yeah, um, but like you know, it's interesting. Uranium fission, learning about that, that's pretty. But, like, I don't know. Is it. Do you really get that, Very brave of Hergei, I think. Almost, would you say, like, very <laughs> never believe it energy to make a whole book that's, like, very detailed, text heavy build up to the next thing that will be good, but you don't get to read that yet. You have to buy <laughs> this one first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's God. This is so. Te- this is like reading a like a textbook. Yeah, like I said, like a book full of. Oh like, my regular god! It was. Books. I mean, I'm saying it. It in was the like nicest. reading fucking Death Note, where like most yeah. pages are filled with text, and you get to look at the image of like a man who's talking about his plan, and nothing yeah. exciting happens. And then you get to see a Shinigami, but like not for a few pages. 
I'm gonna say yeah, this in, in this the, case, like, the Shinigami is the rocket in the so, nicest yeah, possible way because I think the ambition behind this I admire. Um, but mm. you can really see that this is someone writing his first ever science fiction story, and I feel like he kind mm. of overdid his homework. Like he, yeah, he he tried to get the science fiction thing right, um, mm-hmm. and that made it like mm. not that exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think and when like I consume he, science fiction, yeah. No, finish. I want the science to feel more like magic, and it did not feel like that in this one. Yeah. Like, he did all the research and got all the, like, the science-y, fiction-y part right, but also missed the point in that the reason that people watch and consume science fiction is for gay shit. Yeah. Mm, exactly. And then forgot to That's put the, the gay only shit. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watching Star Trek? <laughs> I've seen how Spock and Bones look at each other. Yeah, I've been exactly. seeing your tweets. I every time someone posts about getting into Star Trek, I'm like, damn, or I should get into Star Trek, but it's so much content. It's so much content. Some, but the thing about Star Trek is you can sometimes watch one episode and that's enough. Yeah, it you really know? is. Like every episode is just like completely different. You can just like shuffle them and it's fine. Yeah, I think like my modern media consuming brain has a problem with that. Like the same way with Columbo, where like also all the episodes, yeah, are, uh, are unrelated. Like, the narrative? My, exactly. Like my. I have to consume it from the start with every single, and, and I have to watch every single episode. Brain I understand. is getting mm. in my way. Like I don't know, maybe for Columbo, I should just look up at the top fifteen Columbo episodes list or something. It's kind of making me want to yeah. do it, like a random Columbo podcast, <laughs> <laughs> a random holistic journey through Columbo. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Sonic Shuffle. Yeah, because yes. like, we could have. We could have done that for, like, Tintin. Like, apart from the ones that are explicitly yeah. two-parters, you can kind of read them in any order. Yeah, that's how I read like, them when I was a yeah. young lad. Yeah. But, uh... I have to say, when I was coming into this mm-hmm. with no context yeah. about what happened immediately before was, like, a little bit... In the end, it didn't matter, but was a little bit confusing. Yeah, it... I don't know. I think the, the the random thing only works so far. Like, I think you can read any of the, like, early ones at a random mm. order. And then, like, you maybe have to read, like, uh, fucking Secret of the Unicorn. Um, and uh, what's the next one? Red Rackham's Treasure mm. to, like, understand the, like, basic character dynamics for, like, all the ones that come after that. Uh, yeah, and then, like, I mean, after like, that, you can read them in any order. Like, Would you like a hot take as... from me? Oh, Ooh, yes. My hot take is that Tintin should have magic in it. It does have sometimes. Fucking sometimes it does. <laughs> wow, I'm so fucking pissed I'm, I'm like this 90% one shouldn't have any magic sure. in it. There's, there's a hint Where to that. Where is my magical moon adventure? In this one, I, and I'm 90% sure that in the, in the second part of this one, there's some, like, wacky... Uh, sci-fi stuff that borders on magic i'm so sad mm. i'm okay i'm looking at like the list of like tinted books yeah. and the ones that have magic in them are also the ones that have racism in well, them i think uh okay, i don't so remember you, don't, think, you can't have it all i think like flight seven something to sydney is that what it's called mm, 714 714 i think that one has aliens in it <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Cool, cool, cool. So does this hey, you want to talk have, like, wait, a structure? Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to talk about the book? But first, yeah, this, right, this we have not have asked a... you. <laughs> I was going to say, well, we do have a, have a structure, but you've been throwing it off, so. <laughs> yeah, right, it's all your oh, fault. How fucking dare you? Otherwise, we're so <laughs> structured. We need to destroy things that you love. <laughs> anyway, tell us about your history with Tintin. We haven't asked I will you the question that, yet. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so when I was a kid... I think I read a bit of Tintin, but I definitely didn't remember any of it. And I think it had too much text in it. I did read a lot of Asteri, which I also don't remember any of. Um, my main Tintin history is the creepy CGI animated Tintin movie. Um, that The, like, 2012 one? I think so, yeah. Let's see when that came out. Mm-hmm. CGI... Tintin. I've just because I've never heard anyone describe it as like creepy. I don't think it's creepy. I didn't perceive it as creepy. I thought it was pretty good. I remember it being. I think Tintin has like, I don't know, a (laughs) fucking weird face. I mean, it was like very human skin and hair, but a very Tintin-shaped head. I mean, it's a mocap movie, but I think you. Out of out of all the mocap movies, it's the least creepy one uh, mm-hmm. that there are, and I think you get, in my memory, you get used to it pretty quickly. But we'll talk about However, that eventually. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I could absolutely see how that would be creepy. Yeah, to people though. It, yes. Well, that's my yeah, memory. Of Tintin is watching that film, uh-huh. and I enjoyed it. I think. Don't remember anything about it. Yeah. But I think I enjoyed it. But also I remember thinking, hmm, is this racist? It feels racist. Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it feels like it's yeah, an experience. I don't remember the... We're looking the, at I, that, That's it's weird, racist. though, because the movie is based on Secret of the Unicorn, which is, like, one of the least racist books. Yeah, but I still think that, like, a general racist feeling pervades all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No matter, it's just like... racism vibes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, the movie is like done by Steven Spielberg, and you you kind of get how uh, like watching the movie, you kind of get how it uh, inspired, it like Indiana Jones, which also pretty racist. <laughs> so you know, yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. vibe that I'm talking it has, about. Yeah, it has Just... a classic adventure vibe with like all the baggage that takes with it. I think. Yeah, this one you know kind of avoided the racism yeah. by having only white people in it, which like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm breathing a sigh of relief this time because mm-hmm. like, it's her show. Yes, but I'm yes, and I mean maybe I should be relieved about this. But something that I also noticed about it is like, wow, this is a story that's about men. Like this. Oh is, yeah. Like yeah. Oh, men do things. The things that are done are done by men. Like men are the subjects of stories in this. It was really yeah. interesting to notice. Yeah. I was like, I mean, oh, the is... only people that you care about are men. That is true for literally all of European comics. Um, yes. Of yes. that time. I, was just, like, I just really noticed it there is this one. I was like, wow. One female character in, in Tintin. Um, Damn, really? Who has some is relevance. There? Yeah, Castafiore. She's gonna be... Is she a character at this point? Well, not at this point, really. She's gonna She's be... She's mostly the... just a joke. She's gonna be a protagonist of one of the books. <laughs> Mm. Well, that's good for her. I'm very pleased for her. Um, but this is really but, but also from like my memory, like I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to name one woman in Asterix. Uh, I wouldn't be able to name one woman no. in. Uh, actually, in Spirou, there is after 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 Branca isn't the one in charge. 
there's like one character, even even in the early ones, there's one female character again yeah. who is like a side character. It's pretty cool, but also like yeah. the main stories are like all just about guys being dudes. Yeah, I mean, like it's not a criticism specific to Tintin, but it is definitely something that I felt very strongly. Mm-hmm. I think this one, like the reason that it's notable is because the like theme of this one are like great achievements yeah. of scientists, yes, great men who are great all men. Yes. Yeah, it's about yeah. like when men use their big brains, they could do uh, the great uh, achievements of humanity. Brackets go yes. to the moon. Yeah, yes, and bonk and each other in the head. Stay at home. Yeah, yes, and the yeah. woman can be told not to put mineral water in whiskey on their <laughs> I think that was the only one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It seems likely. I don't know. I I barely notice shit like that, uh, just because like I've engaged with so much the- media that does exactly that. <laughs> This is mm-hmm. why we have guests on because, like, after a while of reading Tintin, yeah. like, you kind yeah. of develop your mind just like turns a, to static, like a callus for like racism and sexism. You're like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. This one was pretty good. There was no black people in it. Yeah. You're like, oh my <laughs> fucking god. Yeah, still bad actually. I don't know. Like, yeah. Again, like for the for the context, it's like yeah. it's not great, but also. Eje is dead at this point. Um, <laughs> can't really hold him responsible. And I think pretty much like the whole like leadership at like all of the magazines he worked at, like aside from the Catholic, uh, at some point fascist people who were like in charge. It was also just I think the the whole like magazine industry in in Belgium was at least like everyone in leading positions were also men like. Oh yeah, it's like just, we know about the fifties. Yeah. yeah. Should we yeah. find out about the comic Destination Please. Moon? I would love to do that. Um so what I have here is kind of like a train of summary that I can just like drive slowly through the book and then at any point that you want to talk about something, just talk about it and I'll pause my recap is kind of how we work it. I will do at that. this point. Thank you. Yes. Um Can I tell you before you start that my first note was, damn, I love comics, and my feeling very much (laughs) changed towards the end of the comic. Hey, fuck comics. Although, actually, there were some very good panels at the end of the comic, but we'll get to those. Please go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we start out Destination Moon by Hergé, the adventures of Tintin, Snowy, Tintin, and Haddock return from the land of black gold with our last book to discover their friend Professor Calculus has, like, gone somewhere three weeks ago. Where did he go? He went to Sildavia, and Tintin and Haddock have to fly out there immediately to join him. You remember Sildavia. That's another thing where I was like, oh, I think Ray might be confused by this. Uh, I guess we I'm so confused. Can anybody, can people, I need you to explain several things about Sildavia. Silda- yeah, so Sildavia like, was introduced in one of the earlier books where Hergé um, mm-hmm. wanted to reference real world politics, but didn't actually feel comfortable setting it in a real world country. So he made up these two rival or, or like two um, Balkan countries, Sildavia and Borduria, that are like, I don't think they were like at war at that point, but they had like tensions between them, right? Hmm. Uh, and then from that point on, like Sildavia and Borduria just become countries where the Tintin stories will take place. Like at the at the earlier books, like at the very early ones, Tintin went to China or went to uh went to 
real countries where like the real politics mm-hmm. were like part of the story but uh, at at the like eventually they become more and more like set in fictional countries and at some point uh mm-hmm. they are retroactively censored to be fictional countries because um <laughs> Yeah, British publishers or American <laughs> publishers don't want their uh, countries to be uh, shown in a bad light. Sure. I feel like the depiction of Soldavians here felt like it was offensive to people who didn't exist, which is very interesting as an experience. I mean, they also called Belkin people, people like, do exist. Yeah, instead of... Yeah, that's true. It just felt so very, like, specifically non-specific. So I was like, I don't know who this is. It's. I don't know. It's very much supposed to be, like... East European. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I didn't quite know what all the references were. Like, the mineral water thing really confused me. I, I like, don't know about on? that either. Okay, cool. I mean, the joke think... is that Haddock is an alcoholic. Um, but yeah. you yes. might understand that part w- without the context. Yes. There was something yeah. very specific about mineral water. I think all the all the, the mineral water bits refer to like the last book. I think they established that like, oh, Sylvia's main export is mineral water. Uh-huh. And then they he just like runs with that as a joke versus Haddock for two pages. Okay. Right. Cool. Now mm. I understand thank you. Hell yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they go off the plane, they get like extremely suspiciously picked up, like driven through this like extremely suspicious security checkpoints. Yeah. And they Tenton end up in like only suspicious once actually on the plane and there's no turning back. Very cool. Yeah. Good job, Tintin. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, he's like, where's our luggage? And the guy's like, it's in the car and I get in. And he's like, okay. And doesn't yeah. do anything He's doing it. his it's little fine. frowny face and it's very cute. <laughs> I love his little frowny face. I love his little face. Um, but yeah, they end up in uh, Fallout. They're in this yeah. big sort of underground bunker science type facility. Uh, and they see their friend Professor Calculus. He's in this like fishbowl type helmet thing, like testing it out. Someone like bonks him. It's okay. Um, and he has an ear trumpet now. And he tells them, yes. Can hey I guys, say, we're going to the moon. <laughs> I hated Professor Calculus in this one. What? I hated him so much. I mean, this is once again our perspective from like reading them from issue to issue. Um, yeah, he starts because out much worse. He was worse. so much worse. Yeah. I, uh, I really liked him. Oh in this my one. god! I think this. How is, did like, you bear it? I don't know. I like him. We just got used to it. I, I don't he really think kind he was of only for the first like half. Yeah, and then he was truly odious. Uh, I don't know. I disagree with that. <laughs> That's fine. You please go like, ahead. What do you like about again? Him? Again, you're not wrong. He's fucking like despicable, but also like <laughs> we got used to him, and to us now he's just like a little guy. Yeah. And finally, he like mm. gets to actually do some stuff, and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's nice. Good for him. I can see why that would be a relief. Yes. Yeah, mm. I think it's kind of cool uh, that he's uh, from from like the earlier books where he was just a cookie scientist who suddenly became like this. Actual okay. genius. <laughs> yes, I'm pleased for his scientific achievements. Good for him. Mm. And even like I, but I did uh, not enjoy his bits and japes. I actually really enjoy the introduction part of this comic, like the first like five or six mm. pages, where it's like you just where where you just don't really get what's going on, right? Because uh, like in previous mm. books, Calculus yeah. has been like abducted uh, at one point. Uh, 
like he's always getting into trouble so you're like oh no what did he get himself into but actually he's the one in control it turns out like he's just like very mm. i think it was like an interesting twist on the whole uh, situation i really mm. really liked how they built tension and how like yeah how the atmosphere was built at the beginning and how ominous it felt and yeah. like yeah i really liked that actually it was like kind of scary and good but like, because like the twist was like, oh, actually they're not getting kidnapped. Yeah. Actually, calculus isn't being tortured. Actually, this is fine and good. Yeah, actually, he's I still just feel involved. Like they in were a... maybe kind of kidnapped to the moon. Yeah. Well, yeah, they got. They were kidnapped a little bit. <laughs> Haddock did not want to As go a to the moon. <laughs> actually, yeah, because there's the bit where like calculus tells Haddock that they're going to the moon, and then he spends four panels laughing, which again, like he did in another book. That was a good bit. Um, I think it's a pretty good bit. I like to see it again. I liked it too. Um, so when Calculus is like exploding moon shit to them, Haddock like accidentally sort of like signs up to the moon expedition because of Calculus can't hear. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he sometimes like can hear cool in when this plots book. are based on miscommunication. Yeah, I love it. But that mm. that's that's the thing that would have annoyed you a lot in the earlier books, or at least annoyed us, is that the joke of like I, I can you can really see RJ being like you need to figure out something to make the communication thing work better. That's why he has the mm. whole, like, earpiece, ear trumpet thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at least Calculus will sometimes hear what people are saying. And then at the end of the thing? Yeah, at the end of the book he gets, a, uh, he gets an actual hearing aid. Oh, oh, okay, that's what happened. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah, they say it. <laughs> He has, them, um, he has them in his ear. I think I stopped paying attention. <laughs> you, that's Bestie, you're so fucking valid. I'm um, so sorry. I feel like I'm being incredibly disrespectful and I apologize. Should no, I no, stop? we brought you on for disrespect. I'm here <laughs> okay, for Okay, good. That's um, what you should expect from fuck me. Fuck him up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, because he has the ear trumpet, so like the bit of... He, calculus can't communicate like doesn't have to be there but like Hergé like chooses to have it there for for, for the joke um, which I can absolutely understand would be grating because it was so fucking grating the first time we yeah. encountered it and again yes. I was just used to it <laughs> and it's toned down I see ah yeah. mm-hmm. um, yeah there's like a two page bit where Haddock accidentally spokes Calculus's ear trumpet <laughs> and sets down the burns down the facility he doesn't burn down he just hilarious that's an extremely um, stupid bit but it's, uh, it's kind of fun. Haddock I must say in this book Haddock is very much out of his element yeah because mm. I noticed like every like little time skip title panel thingy is like two weeks later several months later and it's like Haddock has been here for so fucking long yeah. and like what is Haddock he doing? has been kidnapped Haddock He's has been like, trying to leave the whole time he just like what could he like I get that like Tintin is like a nice little journalist boy who's probably like oh I'm looking at the science I like this because yeah. I'm not quite a character but like Haddock who yeah. has like a personality like he does, does not want to be <laughs> yeah. here why would he want to be here why is he still he here he doesn't want to be here he keeps trying to leave and nobody will let him I am <laughs> noticing his head. <laughs> poor guy I am noticing here more than like with any of the other books we have read so far that in this story, uh, Tintin is not the protagonist. Like, Haddock is the protagonist, very clearly. Oh my god, Tintin is not the protagonist. But I like how 
Just seeing him in the corner of every panel doing a very head empty smile yeah. or a very head empty <laughs> frown is really pleasing to me. It made me like him a lot, but he's not a character. Oh, he's very likable. So that's pleasing to look at. He's yeah. just right. Yeah, I just like <laughs> looking at him. He gets like one thing to do in this. Uh, in this, that's why Tintin is here. He gets to push the button to make the rocket go. Yeah, yeah. yeah but this yeah, really he's the main is. Character. Uh, to... He goes for a lovely hike. <laughs> on a thematic level, this really is like on the tension between Haddock and Calculus. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Haddock is suffering at the science zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I'm yeah, just so like, sorry for him. It's Haddock is like the Haddock is like the real real world type, and it's or, or like you know the world experience type, and uh, he's like in the yeah. zone of science science fiction where it's like it's like it's when you watch SpongeBob SquarePants as an adult and you really relate to Squidward. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how yeah. I felt. I was like, fuck, um, let him go. Yeah, because they get like a tour of the whole facility. We find out about an organization called Zippo, who are the like people trying to spy on them and stuff. I guess the main antagonists of this. And like again, Haddock very relatable here because like they're explaining like how you turn uranium into plutonium to Haddock, and he's just like, okay, th- that's, <laughs> that's a lot nice. Of text. Um, yep. Then there's a cool very the most important part of this mm. book, possibly second most important part of this book comes because they're gonna go look at the big reactor where they make the plutonium and they have to all put on radiation suits including fucking little snowy gets a little radiation suit which doesn't yeah he fucking does can i ask you a question about snowy yes can snowy just talk because i thought it was like stylized as being a thought bubble but in this one it's not so can snowy just talk or is that not a thing like what's happening so, Snowy talks, but I don't think anyone mm-hmm. understands him. Okay. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah, yeah it's I a Garfield think... situation. It's it's kind of a yeah, retcon. I couldn't remember. We, st- we, we right. mentioned this at an earlier episode, because, like, uh, RJ rewrote the earlier books um, with, mm. like, minor changes. And one of the, one of the, like, bigger change was, like, retrofitting the thing about Snowy, where in the early books, him and Tintin, it it, it looked like him, uh, Tintin was reacting to what Snowy was saying. Um, and mm. in in the redrawings, he made it more, more in canon with Snowy just commenting things with, like, nobody reacting to it. So... Mm. I see. At one okay. point, he might have been intended to be someone where people can hear what he's saying, but not anymore. Yeah, no, like, I think whenever people hear Snowy, it's when he's going, whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Um, whoa, said Snowy. I Also, this whole book doesn't give Snowy pronouns, so it, I, I actually was going to ask you what Snowy's pronouns were, but you didn't no call idea. Snowy he, so I guess Snowy is a he. I mean, the thing is, yeah, this I, is another thing we talked about a bit, that Snowy is, like, in French, he has a, a woman's name, Milou, which was, like... Mm. One of Ajay's girlfriends, I think. Uh, but also, in, even in French, he is referred to as he. So, who knows? Huh. So, genderqueer icon. Yeah. Snowy the dog. Yeah. yeah. Snowy. Sick. Finally, Snowy. a relatable character in Tintin. Yeah. Snowy is trans. Which way? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, he has a little suit, which he's in for like five pages because Herge knows Love what we want it. to see. Yep. 
Yes, he d- yes, he fucking does. We want to see Snowy Bonga's little head in a hazmat suit. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this is the real fan service. That it's so funny. I love, it sure is. I love the little because it has just like a little uh, eye area where we can see Snowy's eyes, and everyone, everything else is covered. Mm. And just in that little, in that little hole, you can always see him frowning <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Snowy does not like it. <laughs> so good um but yeah there's like a bit there's a lot more like science stuff and uh haddock being confused by science uh we mm. finally get to see a rocket but it's just like a sort of a model rocket it's unmanned and it's gonna go like take pictures of the back of the moon for science reasons. when i saw that i really thought they were going to go to the moon and then when i realized that they weren't going to the moon yet i was very sad <laughs> rip i do rip appreciate in this part where like the rocket and like this space race in this book isn't like for the purpose of like doing war yeah um yeah that was cool it's like calculus is just like i just really really want to see like pics of the moon yeah he wants to see those moon pics yeah 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 he dm'd Um, the moon like send nudes and it didn't work so he's gonna have to go himself um yeah like that's not how you were something about yeah. I've written a whole game about how to romance the moon. You have to DM mm. me uh, and I'll yeah. tell you know. She's a Yeah, and, and um uh, the listeners can find that at uh Thanks for the plug. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um I was, carry on what? Well, I, I do remember when I when I read this uh the first time, like fifteen years ago, that that bit of we don't know what the other side of the moon looks like. Just really stuck with me, and like a couple of the, yeah, that's cool. Shortly actually. after I learned of, I learned like of the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, I was like, <laughs> ah, I understand it now. Ah, uh, right. Very. Yeah, Herja, Herja knew about Pink yeah. Floyd when he wrote this. <laughs> he well, Pink Floyd did a t- tribute to Herja. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't tell if this is joking or not. I don't know if Pink Floyd knew about this comic. They they would they are British, <laughs> uh, so maybe. Mm. I'm sure they did. Um, but yeah, it like it is fun to read old timey science fiction and then be like, yeah. oh, we did this. Yeah. Um, I think I like, forgot how old timey it was. Like, yeah, I think I forgot like when it was written. I because think it's it, yeah. it like more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. This was written in 1950. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a sci-fi yeah. written in 1950. It feels like some 60s shit. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. so and then that's like fucking eighteen years before people went to the yeah. moon, and it's like yeah. I don't know that much about how people got to the moon, but like from yeah. what I know about it, they pretty much did yeah. just this. They just did this. Yeah. It's <laughs> very plausible here, like very plausible. Yeah, like I can't believe that fucking American NASA adapted Destination Moon into a real life event. Yeah. Wow, they um, loved Destination Moon for us. <laughs> NASA's Destination Moon LARP, brackets 1969. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, it wasn't a very good LARP because if it had been a good LARP, they would have painted the rocket in red yeah. and white scar. I mean, there is, there is that famous. all the astronauts up as little Tintin and Captain Haddock. Anyway. There is that famous yeah. image Why that. There is a famous image that Azure drew in 69 when. Uh, when nice. when Neil Armstrong actually landed on the moon, he he drew a he drew an image of like Tintin, Snowy, Haddock, and Calculus uh, waving to him as he lands. Oh, were really? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. That's Do you have cute. the image? I I've like, never uh, seen this. Let me check. 
Yeah, I love to look at images. Tintin moon landing. Oh, I think I found it. I just I googled yeah. Hergé 1969 drawing. Oh, that 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 does it. Yeah, I also found it. Uh, let me. Or did you link it here? Oh uh, yeah, I posted. Oh, yeah, yeah, so that's so cute. Oh, and like so calculus is there, and he's got flowers, and <laughs> Tintin is saying "Bienvenue sur la lune, Mr. Armstrong." And Haddock has a sign that says "Welcome," and everyone's wearing their cute little spacesuits. Oh. oh my god, this is cute! I love that. I extremely I really good. love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I like good. that. Like Haddock is holding a sign that says "Welcome" specifically, like in English, because Neil Armstrong's American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my god, that's so cute! <laughs> I've changed my mind. That's this book really is nice. good, actually. <laughs> Racism and sexism. I don't know her. This this part is 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 the most where I'm like I respect this more than I enjoy this, but I do respect it a lot. Like I think the for 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 Ergie trying out science fiction for yeah. the first time, he nails a kind yeah. of look to it. I respect. I think it. like all the yeah. different suits that they're wearing the like yeah science areas they have like the people con- the contraction work is on the on the rocket it's uh mm. it's very yeah. nice to look it's at just, it's like, all very it believable. was too impressive for me to be impressed like it was <laughs> so convincing that i forgot how when it was made yeah. so i was like oh you know this is boring but actually like looking at it now i'm like oh this is genuinely very impressive that he did this it's honestly it's kind of like um uh, not that this ever happened to me haha but like when you're 14 and you think that like science is really cool so you get like a, a like a work experience position in like a bio lab and uh-huh. then you're like oh my god actually this turns out it's the most boring fucking shit ever <laughs> all i'm doing is putting something in a tube and then putting it in a different tube i fucking hate this fuck science actually yeah. that's kind of what it's like Hell yeah because the concept of the science, arts, baby very cool actual science fucking boring <laughs> Yes. And I feel like Hergé did both, but like not enough of the fucking cool part. Although it is cool, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm scrolling through it now. It's it's a gorgeous comic. Like, I did want to say at some point, this is mm-hmm. like so beautiful. Like, so beautiful. It's really, really, really beautifully done. And I yeah. admire that. I respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just again... Like, there was a bit earlier, like, whenever um, Calculus and Haddock's, like, piped ear trumpet gets, like, swapped round, and there's a whole bit. I actually Mm. noticed, like, in one of the earlier panels, there's, like, a little detail, which is when Haddock kind of yells at Calculus. I think it's on the top of page... Page 10, top of page 10, first two panels. And Mm. it's, like, you can actually see them dropping the pipe in the ear trumpet and, like, swapping it round, and, like, just... All throughout this, there's oh my gosh, you can yeah, there's loads of just like (laughs) really good, like just little details that are so like clear. Um, I was looking at page page thirteen, which is page sixteen in the PDF, and it's just like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Like the huge illustration of the nuclear plant, the atomic pile, and like everybody in their suits and like Snowy in his little dog suit, and it's like gorgeous 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 yeah it's yeah. beautiful yeah it's very different from yeah. the type of uh, big panels that actually used used to do in the previous ones like usually it was like nature landscape mm-hmm. stuff uh or like a crowded yeah. city or something uh so like this yeah colder science thing is like a new thing yeah him, I guess. definitely colder definitely more remote in a way that's quite 
intimidating and atmospheric. Yeah. Because pretty much none of this comic takes place, like, outside. It's all inside, all corridors, which, like, you would think that, like, especially knowing, like, the early days of Hergé, where basically Tintin didn't have backgrounds, he was just, yeah. like, a guy on, like, a blank white space. Oh, like wild. You know, you, yeah, so, like, Hergé doesn't use this as an excuse to just be like, oh, it's just corridors, like, no backgrounds. Like, no, it's, like, it's yeah. so incredibly detailed backgrounds of just, like, yes. science stuff. Mm-hmm. And what Except for Tintin's lovely like. hike when he gets mobbed by bears for some reason. Yeah, and that, <laughs> oh my god, okay. And that like scene teddy bear does, looking ass. I, I, I do think that scene feels like a bit of a breather, like wh- when you get out of these ter- yeah. environments. Like it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed um, it. Like definitely had this beautiful sense of space. Yeah. To to kind of move the move on with the plot a wee bit, like there's a whole like espionage plot throughout this section. Like some like parachutists drop onto the facility, um, and they're like, Oh my god, there's like spies that are gonna come inside. At this point, the Thompson twins arrive. The Thompson twins make their entrance in wonderful little outfits. Oh um, my god, these fucking outfits. I'm sorry <laughs> to interrupt every like so often. But oh no, these look outfits at them. were we have so to talk beautiful. About them. I took a screenshot of it and I pasted it into my notes because they're so fucking good. I want to wear this. Let me wear this. I want the little shoes with the pom-poms on. I want the <laughs> cap with the tassel on it. Please, give it to me. I mean, you can probably buy a red coat. traditional Greek dress from traditional Greek retailers <laughs> online. I don't yeah. know. I'm Googling traditional That's... Greek retailers online. <laughs> um but yeah the like spy plot is like the Thompson twins are here they're like okay but we've got to then you're not the parachutists you're only idiots but we've got to find the spy um Tintin goes on a hike around the area to like figure out like where might they be likely to infiltrate the facility this is where we get our incredible bit with the bears um beautiful just look at these. Look, the way Asia draws insane. bears, like we had a, like a fever dream. We had a bear a few books ago in the racist book, in, in the very bad book. Mm-hmm. But the one good thing about that one was the bear that was in there. Like the way Asia <laughs> yeah. draws the bears is so funny. Oh my god, these fucking <laughs> little guys. teddy bears who want to eat his honey sandwich and <laughs> pose no threat. Oh my god, it's so cute. And then it's just like. The, the panel where he's like, oh no, here come the parents. And it's just like two bears drawn in exactly the same style, except they're With bigger like and they're frowny faces. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I love that. And then There's... them all marching down the hill and one of them's <laughs> falling to like get the sandwiches. Like, how many, like, do, I think Hergé thinks that like bear cubs function like litters of puppies. Yeah. Where you could, like a puppy, like a dog could just have like 12 puppies. Because like, there's so many little bear cubs. There, uh, there are a lot of them. Just extremely good that you can really tell how she did so much research on science fiction and rocket stuff, and they're just like <laughs> no bear. Else. Where is the bear research, Herge? You're slacking. <laughs> Get your shit together. <gasps> no, this is good. He shouldn't. Get I, your I'm shit glad together, he... Herge. It's not good enough. I'm glad he didn't make the bear scary. It's uh, that yeah, just this true. one panel where the where the, the first bear cub walks away with the sandwich is so good. Yeah, uh, all the, yeah, all the bears shit. walk on two legs. Yeah. And I don't... Does Hergé know that they don't... Has, <laughs> don't has, has Hergé just... Bears do that. 
maybe he's only seen like the taxidermy bears where they're standing mm-hmm. up and he just thinks they do that I'm really enjoying this panel of the bears all falling down the mountain. Love it for me. So oh, beautiful. Tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. <laughs> when it's bears. I Okay, actually, I want to shout out a panel uh, of the bit on like page 17 where like they're shooting at a plane, the spy plane, and then like an unexploded shell falls into Calculus's bedroom, explodes, and he's like still asleep. Yeah. Yeah, because if you, if you can't hear, you will also not notice if your bed, like, falls out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely good He's bit. fine. Um, but the spy plot kind of, like, culminates in the... Tintin has, like, found an air vent, and, like, the spies are going to, like, pass documents through to each other through the air vent, because there's a there's an Amogus on the inside, there's an imposter, who could it be? Um, so Tintin, like, sort of tussles with them. He actually gets shot. Don't worry, he's fine. They shot him in the head, which obviously, because he's Tintin, can't kill yeah. him. Obviously, I mean, this is... he has a bulletproof head. That's he... why it's so round. Listen, it's, that's the, the, the one thing you got to know about Tintin, is that he has a bulletproof head. Yeah. I mean, that, so oh, this, is, this, is, this is the closest they got to, to getting him. Because like, all this time, he's been bonked in the head, fallen on his head, and it just had no effect on him. So like, you really need to like shoot with so a gun at his wait, head. His and even that is only going to take him out for like a day. Yeah, It actually took him out for like three weeks, I think. Oh. Um, because of like time skip panels. Yeah, the sense of time mm. in this book is sometimes hard it's to pass. So it's very floaty. It's very hard to yeah. grasp. Right, I'm looking at Sarah, this traditional Greek vest, hand-embroidered folk Isn't costume. Isn't it fucking beautiful? The thing I'm really mad about this is it says for children, and I'm like, I probably can't <laughs> I know. this. I mean... This is so sad. I mean, yes, it is very sad. It's very beautiful. I'm oh, gonna, it's so uh, good. Gonna fly to the Balkans to buy traditional dress. Yeah. Um, we all have 151 pounds. This review says, it's five stars, it said, it is super cool, three exclamation marks, separated by dashes. I love it, heart emoji. <laughs> For how old it is, in great condition. It is the perfect new addition to my pewter collection. So happy. Pewter? Oh, something else. Well, this that's is a, cool This anyway. is a review for a different thing. Um, <laughs> yes, but I wanted to read it. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, anyway, on the inside of the facility, where presumably there was like another spy passing out the documents, there's some stuff going on, like all the lights go out, there's a scuffle, and then when the lights come back on, the Thompson twins are holding one of the other like chief scientists. Um I, I at this point, can we all agree that like this guy is the Amogus, like this is the imposter, like right, you know? I mean, probably. I mean it's very In as much it is suspicious to have like look, we have our core cast that we all know, happy with minute. Uh, we have our car cast that we all know. Um, and then we have, like, this guy, Mr. Baxter, and this guy, Mr. Wolf. Like, these are the only other relevant yeah. characters in the book <laughs> that we haven't seen before. One. <laughs> and yeah. one of them is, and one of them is mean, is a, and the other what? one is, uh, and the other one is <laughs> bumbling. So, like, which one is gonna, you know, yes. it's usually, it's, yeah. Yeah, the mean one's too obvious. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, right? Yes. I was gonna say... Hergé is very good at distinctively drawing different faces and characters in a way that I really respect. But also, mm. when it's like midnight and there's lots of <laughs> white men and they're all dressed in the same green boiler suit, it's very hard to tell them apart sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's also some bit where like Haddock got knocked out mm. by quote-unquote the spy 
Also, Mr. Wolf is there. This is no relation. Um, don't worry about no, it. No, they all have it's been normal. knocked out. But yeah, spy. so there's like an investigation mm-hmm. about who the spy is. Uh, so we get like two pages of funny Thompson skeleton hijinks. This is great. Yeah, this that was so actually, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> it's like a mini comic within the comic and it's so it good. This is some of the yeah, best panels that too. That was good. Like, because a lot of the, I think my biggest issue with this comic is that a lot of the panels are... Three quarters of them is the speech bubble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, this is like that. Well, it is sometimes, but like this one is particularly yeah. bad for it. Like usually this one is a lot of that. Yeah, usually like the part where the whole panel is text only happens at the end of the comic where like Hershey is like, Alright, oh, oh, I've gotta quickly tie up all my plot points. Yeah. So I'll just like write yeah. it out. Most of it is really good and fun for like just character action stuff. Right. Yeah, and okay. usually he puts like two or three like really good action scenes in it that are mostly dialogue less. Uh, not oh, not a lot of that. That's why I feel like one. I did this to myself. <gasps> Listen, there, there's the there's just the, there's the whole rest of the Tintin book. You can like go and enjoy them. Yeah, that's true. I can do that. Don't read Prisoners of the Sun though. Don't worry yeah, about don't it. You don't need to know what happens in that one. Uh, I won't. I won't do it. Read. Uh, I mean, I want to say read uh, Land of Black Co- Black Goat because that that was our favorite so far. Uh, yeah, but mm. I think yeah, our, some t- of our the- top three are yeah, Land of Black Gold, Secret of the Unicorn, Blue Lotus, and Blue Lotus. Yeah. Mm. So those are yeah. either of those are uh, are great. I would say we liked Land of Black Goat partly because we read all the previous ones before, so we appreciated things about that. Mm. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it would be good if it was like a first yeah. one. Yeah, we read it. We were like, "Wow, this wasn't racist." But I feel like if you read it as your first one, you'd be like, "This is and really, has really a, racist." I, I don't. I don't even think that that it would come across as particularly racist. It's just that a lot of the things we liked about it is because it has a really weird production history uh, where it shouldn't work, mm. but it somehow still does. Um, so, oh, you know, that's interesting. Just just listen to our episode yeah. when it comes out on that, and you'll you'll know yeah, what Land, we mean. Yeah, Land of Black Gold is one of the best ones. Asterisk if you read its Wikipedia page. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. It's required reading. But this sequence yeah, where into out the front. this sequence where the Thompsons like go through all these rooms is like the closest that it, it gets to like classic Tintin goodness. Like there's like it oh. it com- it combines. It combines like the tension of what's gonna happen when they turn around the corner with like the comedy hijinks of them being idiots. Uh, yeah, and, very, and I love when they look, they're very cute when they're scared. Love that. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Like later on, I think they get scared of some mice. And I'm yeah, like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Fuck it up. Um, yeah. So after this, hey, remember Tintin who got shot? He's fine. No, because they shot him in the that? head. Um, there's like a bit in this where like Haddock tears a chair in half. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> just <normal. does> that. <laughs> absolutely wild shit. Yeah. Um, himbo icon. Yeah, t- <laughs> absolute himbo icon. Tintin like says some stuff about the spies and the plot and blah 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 blah. Um, but then yeah, we the kind plot. of cut to like it's a few weeks later and like the rocket is ready for launching. They're gonna launch the rocket. Um, there's like a bit where Snowy is just in the way 
And then as soon as Snowy gets out of the way, actually, like, he's still in the way. <laughs> I just love to see panels of, like, Snowy dealing with yeah. the, the shit that the world throws It is also yes. relatable the to be... Snowy bits in this bit was good. I, I think it's relatable to be in a place where everyone else has, like, something important to do. And wherever you're standing, you're in the way. <laughs> That's what it's like Damn, being so on a movie true. set. Yeah, that's like the, the like complete movie set experience. Yeah, mm. it's like trying to get out of the way and failing. Like every extra on a movie set is just on the in the way at all times, even when Uh-oh. they're in front of camera. They're just in the way. <laughs> Whoa. Um. Fuck around. Oh yeah, like it, it, it's launching. Um, Tintin gets to be the one who presses the button because he's baby. Because he's been, um, can I okay? Mm-hmm. How old is Tintin? Who I have no fucking know. idea. Okay, like I just want to know if it's okay to ship Tintin and Haddock because Tintin is oh, referred to as very young oh, yeah. and Haddock is referred to as pretty old. I think like I th- I think Tintin looks younger than he is. Like like okay, he's he's it's a kind of Ash Ketchum situation where in the mm, he misk young. Uh, at the start, he was described as a quote-unquote boy reporter, but also he mm. can fly a plane, drive a car, shoot a gun. Shoots a lot of guns. Um, has, like, like a day job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's between 16 and 50. <laughs> really. <laughs> that sounds, that's not enough for me. Great. Yeah. Sounds good. But he is, I think he, he I think it, you, you're fine to ship Tintin and have I mean, him together. Also, like, Tintin, he's not, thank you. Uh, Tintin will, also yeah. lives independently uh, with just yeah. his dog, like, that's... Yeah, he's legally allowed to rent a house, so... He's like, mm. Tintin is like a New York rom-com pr- protagonist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be played by <laughs> Don't Paul need to Rudd. explain that. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, like other goofs on launching the rocket, like Haddock tries to play the control panel like a funny keyboard. Um, <laughs> it is deranged. He sings a lovely song for us <laughs> and everyone's he... mean to him about it. Why does he do it? I mean, he does this to put in another reference to Castafiore because he actually loves to do that. Uh, uh, there's oh, yeah. only one singer in this, in the, in this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got to know about the one woman character who is a joke yeah love her. a good joke a good um, joke though but it, it is a pretty good joke it is like a pretty funny bit um <laughs> and it's very yeah, funny like, that he's like this is like a piano when it doesn't look like a piano at all <laughs> it really no like a that's, that's good um yeah but it looks like, yeah, like synthesizers like, it, it looks like an instrument that hasn't existed at this point. Like, it looks like what Jean-Michel Jarre would play at. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe uh, Jean-Michel Jarre did uh, Destination Moon LARP. Yeah. Uh, when he wrote the famous <laughs> song, Oxygen. Yeah, he wrote Oxygen um, about the oxygen they need when they're in space. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah. And his... <laughs> Destination Moon Love. Yeah. Mm-mm. I think we've really confirmed that this is the most LARPable Tintin book. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. The most LARPed Tintin book. I mean, you, you don't want to LARP one of the racist ones, so that yeah. already like, shuts out most of them. <laughs> so you can so look yeah, at they... most historical events and realize that they were just laughing Destination Moon all <laughs> along. Yeah. Um... I think you can LARP. You, c- you could like, LARP the Black Island. Just like do it on location. Oh yeah, I learned the Black Island for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> whenever I lived in Scotland, um, right. So they launched the moon. 
They launch the moon. Fuck no! They launch the rocket. Rocket goes to the moon. The rocket takes pics of the moon. Everyone's very excited about this, but like, uh oh, no! Someone else has taken control of the rocket and it's driving somewhere else. All their moon plans are gonna get their moon pics are gonna get stolen. How terrible! How could they have done that? How could Don't this like happen it. to me? Um. So uh, luckily, Tintin like had a plan. Uh, earlier, here's what I made earlier. Earlier, he had calculus put like a self-destruct button on the rocket uh, and calculus is very sad about this he's tearing out his own hair but he does blow up his own rocket um yeah his own hair and everyone else's hair also <laughs> very funny again it really is a book about like the core theme of brain versus brawn represented by calculus and yeah this book is about being bonked on the head, falling into a <laughs> hole, and mixing up your pipe and a uh, ear horn. And it's all very funny and good. Yeah. Confirmed. Um, so the new plan is they're going to have to put people in the rocket to drive it so that it can't be like remote controlled. And then they kind of just start doing that. There's like a really yeah. nice big rocket blueprint in the middle of this. Yeah, I like that, that panel a lot. Yeah. Like it's, it's very like basic. It's just like a rocket shape. With like yeah. numbers pointing yeah. to it, but like it's like an anatomy all... diagram. It's very yeah. good. Yeah, but once again, this is like baby's first science fiction. Like, yeah, he... and it kind of rocks yeah. though. No, it's good. Yeah. I I think I but I I respect the commitment. Somehow, like I feel like Professor Calculus does it in like a week. Yeah, <laughs> I think he does it in a few months actually. I th- it says a fortnight later here. So oh, okay, in, in between he, he what we both said, he made the blueprint in a week. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And then there's at least two more, like, some months later. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that actually yeah, building yeah, yeah, the rocket right. was, like, half a year. It is funny, too, because, like, yeah. like, none of the previous books took place over a long time. So like, sometimes there was, like, a, like an, a week later or something. But in this it's one, like... It's like, like Haddock's being tortured. Yeah, Tintin and Haddock are being summoned to this place they're kidnapped along the way like by these gov- by these surviving government people just to then like be like okay so Hang this around. is our life now for the next year is walk around yeah. on the space You're station going to the where... moon but like <laughs> yeah like what does headache have to do next here year. like he's gonna like, be one of the people yeah. on the to moon. be here it's like there's, there's kind of no reason for tintin and haddock to be here yeah. they have to bonk each other on the head I mean, it's... They have to get in the way. What else would... Calculus <laughs> just everybody needs at? to have his friends around, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. He loves them. Yeah. Or does he? Yeah. It's impossible to tell. Yeah, it's really... Uh, it's an interesting... Yeah. Interesting relationship, I guess. Like, mm. Because te- technically... And again, right, this isn't something that you would know, but technically, Haddock j- lives in Calculus's house. Yeah. Like, rent-free. Oh, I kind of guessed that with the start of the comic. Yeah. But um, that's interesting. So another weird factor. Um, but yeah, so Haddock actually gets something to do for the next few pages because <laughs> they got to test out the spacesuits. Um, Ray. So they put Haddock in a big funny orange spacesuit and he starts doing funny little wiggles. Oh, this bit was weird. Yeah. Um, and he's doing funny little <laughs> You'll wiggles. never guess what's inside. <laughs> Hi, listeners. I'll give you three guesses. Nope, that wasn't one. <laughs> nope, not that. Oh, you got it right. It was mice. Congratulations. Yay, Artisan is at the best. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
<laughs> Fucking stupid bitch. And um, Snowy catches all the mice like dogs do and then bonks him on, himself on the head. Very funny oh. and good. Good Snowy bit. I feel like Snowy has also inherited... You know the way they say that dogs end up like their owners yeah. or owners are like their dogs? Mm. Like, I think that Snowy mm-hmm. also has, like, head trauma resistance. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because it happens a lot. And he just Snowy's always fine. He, he just learned it from yeah. Tintin. Like, you can just learn it. <laughs> you just have to bonk your head um, enough times, like, to slowly enough. build up resistance. I'm going to work uh, out my skull. He's... Hey, where do you work out at the library? Yeah, I keep bonking my head with the thickest books. Yeah, it's like funny monkey python. (laughs) And then hope some knowledge goes in. Yeah, Yeah, that's how I study. That's how Professor Calculus learned how to make rockets. Yeah, Yeah, that's why his head is that shape. Because it's been flattened by all the Mm -hmm. books. Yeah, it was like, I think Calculus had like some full metal alchemist shit where he was like, I'm going to give up half of my hearing. For, for the knowledge. Sure. Honey, yeah. it's time for your head flattening. <laughs> Those are very flat head. So, because uh, Haddock is mad about the mice, like, he gets mad at uh, Professor Calculus and he's just like, fuck this, I'm not doing this, I'm going home, you can stay here and act the goat. And Calculus gets <laughs> so fucking offended at being <laughs> having his actions described as acting the goat. No. I actually really this enjoyed the Yeah, same. I, I liked it <laughs> a lot. You? Yeah. Okay. But this might I be the context again, because up to this cool. point, Calculus was the most like unflappable character. Like nothing could get him. Like everyone would get mad around oh, him. Like Hedok okay. was always flipping out. Uh and nothing would get to him. Like he was he was just like Zen. Uh all the time mm-hmm. he was because, like in I his mean, own mostly because, so it's like a build up yeah I mean mostly before it was just because he couldn't yeah. hear what people were saying to him yeah but like this yes. is the first time that we've really seen that like calculus cares a lot about his work and thinks of it as yes. a great achievement brackets by a man close brackets <laughs> Um, that's that's very lovely. Okay, I like that. From my perspective, as someone who hadn't read the f- previous books, it feels like Haddock's trying really hard, like for the whole book, to kind of express that he doesn't want to do this. He wants to go home. He's not happy. He's not feeling safe. He's not good. And then Professor Calculus is like not listening to him, not listening to him, not listening to him. And then he like loses it, and then immediately has to like apologize and like um, ah, what's it called um. Yeah, immediately has to apologize and like be like really stuck up to calculus because calculus is like lost it after ignoring his needs for several months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I see both of their perspectives. I think it's like, you know, yeah. it's it's true that Haddock had nothing to do and wasn't really briefed on what's going on. But I also like I I see why calculus would get mad at I've done all this. Of course, yeah, all this work. And you don't appreciate, or like you don't even, you're not even impressed by it. Let me show you. Mm. I just, God, I just love this. I love the way he's drawn when he's like walking. Yeah. uh, Being mad. When he shouts at people, it's pretty good. Yeah. It (laughs) changes his complete stance. such a funny shape. Yeah. Like when he he, hangs that man up on the coat pegs, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, like this huge guy comes up and he's like, well, stop He's so powerful. He like he's gone fucking Super Saiyan. I don't know what that means. I've never seen Dragon Ball, but I'm sure that's what <laughs> well, it means. Me it just means yeah. you get angry. Um, so you get very strong. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his power level went up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, what he does is he just starts dragging Haddock around the entire facility. Like, he's, you know, he's very mad. Everyone, everyone who tries to stop them, stop, to stop Calculus from taking Haddock to these places, like, gets absolutely destroyed by Calculus. Um, so he takes him, like, past, like, the engineers. He's like, are these people acting the fucking goat? Like, <laughs> takes him past the uranium re- re- reactor and is like, is this uranium re- reactor acting the goat? Like, gets in a car, drives all the way out to the huge big rocket launch site, which is the first time we get to see the actual big rocket. And is like, look at this fucking rocket. Is this the construction of this rocket acting the fucking goat haddock? Yeah, okay. When you say it like that, it's kind of lit. It's kind of good. Like, it's funny, and it's also kind of an excuse for Hergé to give us, like, another little tour of the facility and, like, show us Yeah, but, like, in a fun way, which is cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like this sequence, because it really, it gets a good, it has a good rhythm to it, where it's like, it's like this, if if this were, like, this this is some of the more cinematic stuff that happens in these like yeah. we, we talk a lot about like what is something that could only work in a comic book uh but this is like this is something yeah. where you can like really see like this long camera sweep or this long like s- sequence going on where we just go through all these locations so yeah. i think that's great the the other thing that makes it work for me is just that it's it's just really funny to me that he keeps repeating this phrase acting the goat like just this one yeah this one phrase ask... that made him tick off yeah <laughs> Have any of you ever heard anybody use no. that? Just nope. like Yeah. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> Literally never heard it before. Like, you know, you get what it means, but it's like, ah uh, yes, old timey. <laughs> kind words. of. Um Yeah, it's also very funny that like they get in like a car and like calculus is driving while being like, I don't know how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Very good. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah, I know it combines like storytelling stuff with like kind of like actiony sequence yeah. vibes. Kind of like, you know, the chase sequences that Hergé is pretty good at doing, like the vibes of those are in this. Yeah. And then still also doing like comedy bits and character bits. It's just I don't know. It's a good sequence. Yeah. Just this- I feel like this was farcical in a way that really worked actually. Yeah. And in a way that I would have liked to see it in other places in the comic. Yeah, mm. it's cool. I mean, it's it like it had like- a purpose that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it feels like it took him a bit in this comic to 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 get into what he's best at. Like I think, I think maybe maybe the thing is really that he he set out to write a science fiction story, and for the first half of the book, he's just really committed to well, what what is it he that we need in that. science fiction? A lot of explaining, a lot of hard science stuff, uh, mm. and this is where he starts yeah. to ease up. And I think like the ending of this yeah. book works beautifully. Like once. Once yeah. once we get to to actually cool. getting more comfortable with this, it it becomes really good. It's just the beginning that like the first. I think that's half. always really cool with comics, where you can see the growth of the artist through as the narrative yeah. develops. Like that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, whether Which it's I stylistically think, again, or if it's with the genre with the story. Yeah, I think the most like fun oh, we've had on this podcast is going from like cigars of the pharaoh, where shit didn't make yeah. sense and kind of sucked, and then ending up like stuff like a lot of like older secret of the unicorn where you're like oh like how should you figured out how to do this actually yeah it's like a real testament to how somebody can grow as an artist that's really cool yeah yeah, yeah and i mean a lot of it like as was like though. besides <laughs> grow as a racist he, he has a lot of flaws obviously <laughs> but uh but one thing that sticks out about him is that he is like chronically overworked 
Like that's something we talked about last mm. episode a lot is that there was, he had to take a break because he had like swellings all over his hands <laughs> or like, like oh. and, uh, but he, he was still oh. like, he had, he needed an intervention by his wife and the friend to tell him that you need to, you need to take a few weeks off. You can't write in this, hmm. uh, in this condition. So, you know, all these pages we see is like, he, he is working from this, uh, on this, like, yeah. I don't know, day to day or week to week, but it's like, I think it's like week to week. So every new, every new issue of Tintin magazine had one two page spread of Tintin. So it was like, mm, he had to deliver two crazy. whole comic pages every week. Um, that's crazy. In, in the early times in Cigars of the Pharaoh, he was just making up, picking it up as it, as he went. At this point, we're like at a point where he clearly has an outline, but there's still like bits where he's like yeah. making it up as he goes. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and like understanding that these were serialized in the way that they were does make it contextualizes how they're laid out and how they're yeah. structured and like why they're that way. Like, yeah, it sort of makes, yeah, it makes the story make a little more sense to me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot less now that he's doing two page spreads. Uh, at the beginning, there were, there were a lot of like ending cliffhangers on every page that were resolved at the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like this, this is only interesting if you have to wait a week to like find yeah. out where it was, but yeah. Yeah. Or like um, some of the skits, right? Like when you read it as a full book, you're like, why was that skit here? What was the point yeah. of it? But when you think of it as like a two page spread in a magazine, you're like, oh, that skit fits perfectly. And it's yeah. got like, it's got a separate punchline and it's in the setting. So it works completely for that sense. So yeah, like it makes me understand more stuff about it. It's like um, when you read manga, um, like you can really tell how it's made to keep you buying the thing every month because every chapter will end yeah. with this like, yeah, with so many hooks in you in, a, in yeah. an incredibly enticing and skillful way. Yeah, you can see how the form shapes the, uh, yeah, the content. Thinking about whatever cool. week the funny Thompson skeleton skit came out. Fucking best week of 1950. <laughs> best week of ever. Um, I just want to shout out this, this like one page panel mm-hmm. of the rocket with like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. Like with all the, Oh, this, Oh, this was the good panel page 42. Yeah. Yeah. I like all this scaffolding around the it. scaffolding and like this huge amount of people working on it. Like this little, small people yeah. like this really makes the and it works well with the thing that calculus is doing here where it's like look at all these people yeah. working on this project like this is this is much bigger yeah. than you thought it thought it was and it's, yeah also and the like, sense of scale here is amazing yeah yeah so you go. i was gonna i was gonna say exactly the same thing because back on mm. page 15 is where the last like large panel of the remote controlled like not unmanned rocket was and like you look at that and it's like there's a sense of scale. There's like four levels of scaffolding and there's like some people working on it and the people are like quite, they're not that small compared to the rocket. And then you turn to this and it's like, it's the thing we've had before, but so much more. Mm. And I think it really works. Like having had that panel at the start and then coming back to like, Oh, here's the second version of the rocket. It's like twice as big, three times as big. I I don't know how size works, but something like that. The landscapes in the background of this as well, like how they are seen through the scaffolding is like really gorgeous, beautiful sense of place. Like, yeah, Yeah. it it rocks. It rocks. It rockets. (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. Hell yeah. So they go into the rocket 
and Calculus is still kind of doing the is this acting the goat kind of stuff, but like he's a bit calmer now. Um, mm. And notably, he's also very concerned about like Haddock is going to fall down a hole because yeah. there's like there's these mm. like access hatches holes that you have to climb up between. Yeah. And this Haddock like, keeps yeah, this is ch- yeah Chekhov's Haddock keeps hole. standing beside them. It's Chekhov. I'm sure everything will be fine. <laughs> Chekhov's hole. <laughs> Chekhov post hole. <laughs> um, like side note in this bit. It is also like showing us all the science fictiony type details yes. of the inside. Yeah. The inside of, of the rocket's really cool. The rocket, it's very cool. Yeah. Like I think I think this is once again like the the designs for this have developed so much more since like the early panels of this book. Like the mm. it's just really I don't know, it's just really nice uh like yeah. interior it's, rocket it's, interior. It's fucking greebled. Yeah. Um Hershey's done the greebling on this one. Um, he sure has. So, of course, um, do you guys know what I mean by greebling? No. I do, yeah. Okay, uh, Janusz, it's like, um, I think this was invented, the term was invented in Star Wars. It's basically all the like little knobs and buttons and like shit that you stick oh, to yeah. the outside of a spaceship to make it look spaceshipy. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, it's cool to read about how like they just used waste parts of other model kits and just like stuck them <laughs> on the big spaceships and we're like, yep, that's that's greebled. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean even before like fucking in in like you see this a lot in like old Doctor Who, like that's that's uh earlier stuff yeah. than Star Wars, you know, that that has a lot of this where it's like you see that this was built in a cheap BBC studio, so they just like <laughs> stuck a lot of knobs on everything. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I can tell this is a plunger. Don't worry yeah. about it, guys. Um, anyway, Chekhov's hole uh, resolves because uh, Professor Calculus falls down it. And obviously this makes him lose all his memories. That's how it works. Don't worry about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cool um, plot point. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hershey's just like, here. there's like a big button marked amnesia plot point and Hershey is slamming yeah. it. Yeah, this is a staple. <laughs> He's slamming it. The, Everybody likes this. There's, does, there's, does this happen before in Tintin? Yeah. No, thank you. Oh, like fucking oh. every like two books. Like either, uh, no. either losing your memory or like becoming insane, which means you start singing. The, oh, like, cool. Really yeah. cool. Hershey did. Hershey's done so much research on how science fiction works, and again, absolutely none on how like head trauma or amnesia yeah. works. I mean, this is but, once again something that happens in everything from this time period, like in cartoons and shit. I do kind of think it's worth it because the funny like three to four page sequence of Haddock doing funny oh, yeah. costume antics is very. He is, this is great characterization for Haddock once again because uh, yeah. he's the kind of guy who will like get mad at everyone like it's very easy to set off but then he also like clearly like cares for his friends like for characters in this i kind of liked that but he was trying really hard for it yeah but like the whole time he's like very very much trying to help calculus but the whole time he's just got this big frowny face on his like yeah he's like yeah i'm gonna dress up in these costumes and i'm gonna help my friend like come out of his catatonic state yeah he can't get rid of that like he that's yeah. the only way he can show love <laughs> is to still yeah. be like frowny yeah there's like a he's got a funny horsey costume very good there's a funny bit with like a water pistol and there's Calcus a funny... sits and stares directly at a wall in yeah. front of him and doesn't move like the joke is yeah. here that everything he tries to uh he tries to do to wake up 
calculus will backfire on himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he does funny, like, a Dickens ghost with the chains <laughs> and, like, falls over yeah, the Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, they're doing the thing of, like, snap out of it, man! Yeah. Which yeah. clearly isn't real, but Hergé thought it was. It's cartoon logic. It's not even the, like, oh, Hergé thought this was real, it's just, like, this is a plot yeah. point. This is just, like, a standard Hergé plot Yeah, it's like, uh, it doesn't matter that it's not how this works, this is how... Uh, this is just how comics work like yeah yeah um so the thing that finally works though is yet again the phrase acting the ghost <laughs> um is it yeah because ha- is it because calculus has a goatee so he's been called a goat in his past i know I, I don't think so i don't i get like i wonder like acting the goat is like yeah. Is this like a translation Maybe. Thing? I'm wondering. Like... Oh. Maybe it's normal French, Is it like French, a French yeah. phrase that is similar to this that they just decided to translate like this? Or is there a completely different like, French phrase that they subbed in an English phrase for? I don't know. I guess so. I, I don't think... The thing I would think about acting the goat is like... I mean, it's like being stubborn, right? But like, is it that much of an insult to be a goat? I think they're pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, like... To me, acting the goat means like acting the fool. Yeah, I think that's how it, ah. that's how it's meant here. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Haddock is like, oh, are you enjoying watching me acting the goat? Um, and then Calculus wakes up and starts like yelling. Uh, but then he also gets like very excited that like Haddock has cured him of his amnesia. Gives Haddock a big kiss on the cheek. It's very, very funny that Richard. for the rest of the comic, like everyone keeps talking about how Heather cured, uh, cured Calculus from his amnesia, completely ignoring that he originally set him off to go yeah. sicko mode to like fall down the hole. Uh, yeah, he did kind go of like a mode. like a Loki style situation where Loki causes all the problems, but then has to go solve them. It's exactly like that. Um, but yeah, he's like showered with praise for the rest of this comic. Um, but Hooray. yeah, the he project continues. Uh, very important. Snowy gets fitted with a little doggy mm-hmm. space suit. I was just looking at that. Love it. <laughs> it's just, it's, just, oh, it's just like the bit where they put him in the space suit. He's not happy. And then to like test it, they put a bone in front of him. <laughs> and Snowy tries to go eat the bone. And he's got a helmet on and he can't get the bone. And he's so mad about it. I would be. Well, is nothing more to test except the radio and then offer Snowy a bone? Like, I don't really know how that's testing the radio. Because they're oh, going to get to like, hear bark. bark because he's mad about knocking the yeah. bone. Okay, I understand yeah. that. There's like that the little sucks. panel of Snowy looking at the bone and the speech bubble is coming from the speaker yeah. instead of Snowy. Yeah. And he goes, whoa, whoa, which is not the noise that I thought the dogs made. Yeah, whoa. that's... Wow. <laughs> that's the translators they they decided wah. that that's gonna be the dog noise we're gonna give him <laughs> and it's yeah, an it's audible so much. thank you translators um oh there's also some like bits on this page where like the spies like know about what they're doing whatever um doesn't really come up again yeah, i'm sure in the next book no um and yeah, uh, there's more prep. Calculus gets a hearing aid. Haddock gets told that he can't have whiskey or tobacco on the rocket. How is he going to cope? Um, ha, funny um, alcoholic. Funny yeah, alcoholic. There's he, like some other bits and pieces. He gets convinced by... I like that he gets convinced by... Uh, he's going to be like, no, no tobacco, no alcohol. 
sign me sign me out i'm 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 leaving i'm going back to my own spike and then he gets convinced by the thompsons being like oh yeah i i understand of course at your age i would also not want to <laughs> yeah and he gets mad and is like i'm really young i'm going fuck you yeah too damn old to go to space yeah <laughs> with your boyfriend <laughs> fucking i'm too old to go to space yeah, it's fucking lunch night. They get on the rocket. There's a bit where Haddock is bringing a lot of books. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, the people who are going are Snowy, Tintin, Haddock, Calculus, and then this guy, Dr. Wolf. Don't worry about it. I'm sure that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and there's like a launch sequence. Like, they have these special beds that they're going to lie down on. Yeah, this this bit's cool. Yeah. The like the level of anxiety in these like two pages is like that's the thing yeah. that gives me stress dreams. Yeah. Like it's so yeah. like oof. Because yeah, everyone's like, go into the rocket, you might die. Good luck. Yeah, this is some of the and, this yeah. is some of the best shit AJ ever wrote. I think like just this sequence. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's definitely I the best part of the I, yeah, maybe uh, absolutely. Just notice what feels a little strange to me about this comic is mm. that like. And I think it is maybe due to its form in that, like, the first few pages have this incredible tension and this, like, political tension mm-hmm. and this, like, uncertainty about what was going to happen. And the last few pages of the book also have this incredible tension and uneasiness and, like, this these really big events are happening. Um and then in between that, there's lots and lots and lots of head bonking and antics yeah. and japes. Yeah. Because it's like, it's got to be a funny comic that you have a funny thing happen every page that comes out every week. Mm. Um, but it feels like that's, there's two different stories happening. Like, it could just mm. be like a really tense, interesting, serious political story about going to the moon. <laughs> Or it could be a sort of like Punch and Judy show, but it does both, and it feels weird that it's both. Yeah, it's kind of the nature of the thing, like that. Yeah, yeah. I think all of the Tintins yeah. are best like judged by, or like it's. I mean, it's also yeah. the way we discuss them as just like a series of bits that tie together into one story <laughs> yeah. that is sometimes more cohesive and sometimes yeah. less. Yeah. yeah. And like, but it's interesting because it is a series of bits tied into a story, but the story here is actually so strong yeah. that mm. it's confusing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because yeah. That, that's... It's a serialized That's probably nature. also why, like, every yeah, Tintin book... Like, every Tintin book ends with just a few pages that are mostly text because Hergé has to, like, wrap yeah. up the plot because he wrote his yeah, outline yeah. beforehand... And he's getting to the yeah. end and he's looking back at his outline and he's like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, this is what the plot was. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm mostly just noticing it as like a really interesting way thing that characterizes the story and how it makes it like unlike anything else, you know, like it makes mm. it really unique. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I'm thinking like Asterix books, like, I don't know if those, th- those don't feel like they were released weekly. Yeah. I have no, I don't know anything about the release of Asterix, like, I don't know, if we ever, like, read those, I guess we'll look it up, but, like, that's all, like, everything that happens is, like, we're gonna advance the plot, and, like, it's not so, like, bit-focused, like, the whole book is the bit, whereas this is, like, it's so bit-filled. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that might but, like, be... But then it's sandwiched between some really check. interesting atmospheric plot stuff. Yeah, Asterix was mm. serialized, um, okay. but I think the main difference is that there was just no story. <laughs> in Asterix in a way that like it was just bits right like it didn't have this 
uh, duality that Ray said. Yeah. Uh, between the. I sort of remember that it was all bits. Yeah. <laughs> no I would kind of argue with that because I feel like. Well, I don't know. Like, we, we haven't read Asterix, so we'll have to, like, cross that bridge yeah, if we come to it. I haven't read it in ages, so yeah. I may um, be wrong. But, like, I remember it as being, like, mostly plot, but, like, the plot was the bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, or that. Um, I don't know. Mm. But just, like, because what is happening here is, like, we've got plot, lots of bits, back to plot, and, like, it kind of feels weird mm. when we come out of the bit soup and... Yeah, the plot it's again. a little hard to transition. Yeah. Because then you have to, like, pay attention to the words that people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's yeah, bits, like, and the then you're part- like, oh, bonk. The middle part, the text, the big walls of text are kind of optional. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you can read about Zappo the Spies and get satisfaction from that, or you can read about how uranium works and be satisfied from that if you want to read about her. But also, Little Snowy is there in a little yeah. funny co- costume for you to I mean, like, the, enjoy. Yeah. The image is always going to dominate over the text. In Yeah. I think yeah. this is too true for a lot of comics writing. Um, but it's especially true for, uh, for I guess, this era of European comics. Definitely for Hergé, because he's so good at visual storytelling. Like, extraordinary. Yeah. I'm looking at page 60 here. Page 59 and 60, they whip. Yeah. God, yeah. I mean, this entire sequence. Just... Like, I think, I think what makes yeah. it work for me or what makes it less jarring for me is that if you go from page 55 to 56 you see it shift to night um and that mm, yeah, that yeah. to me is like I like to outside yeah that to me is to me that this is nighttime signals to okay we are in yeah. a new section of the story <laughs> yeah yeah we can see sense. space now. and that's a really clever yeah that's a really clever way of um transitioning and changing the mood because and we and like we've said before that Hergé is really good at drawing like nighttime sequences and like balancing mm. the colors and using silhouette and light and stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's just Very like the effective. rocket like, because like this you know the IRL rocket launch was during the day. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that it makes sense to do it at night because space is there and you can see yeah. it at night. You know, mm. like mm-hmm. it kind of needs to be at night so that. You know, because the yeah. moon comes out at night, and that's where the the moon lives yeah. in in night. So yeah. it feels more direct, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's good for attention mm. too. Like I, I think a nighttime yeah. scene just has a different type of tension to it, um, mm. Mm. and that that works. And this well, big yeah. panel with the rocket so and good. the Earth is like absolutely fucking stunning. I can't imagine drawing that even for a second. It's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. I think my favorite thing here is the like upper part of page sixty, where like you see the rocket launching, and there's there's like the verticality of the rocket launching panels, and then mm. beside it you're going down, looking at yeah. every character, looking like experiencing the g forces. It's really and, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really well laid out. Um, and yeah, I feel like you know the way that panels and time work. Like, as you go down mm. the panels, like, more time has passed. And, like, in the bottom panel, like, Calculus and the other guy are just passed out. Like, yeah. by then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just really want to shout out, like, everyone on page 59, like, having, like, facing death, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not knowing if they're going to survive this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it works. Yeah, it works. Cause really cool. I, I... And, like, Tintin hearing the sound of his heart. Yeah. Like, it's cool. 
Yeah. I I, I'm not really, I'm not super familiar with the, the history of the actual space race. Um, but like this must have been like a key anxiety to people at this point, right? Like in, in mm. the fifties to be like, yeah, humanity will conquer space, but like so many things could go wrong. Yeah. Cause it's like, mm. you know, you think about, uh, what's her face? Like Laika, the yeah. dog, was the dog called Laika? Yeah. Mm. And it's like they they like sent up stuff because they were like we don't know what's there we don't know if people can survive and like they started by sending up animals and then finally sent up a guy because but like in this it's just like nope we're going like we're jumping straight to just sending up four people like we put we built a kitchen into this rocket yep like in sort of this version of it like it is completely unknown like they haven't really done many tests about what's up there. Yeah, like, you know, Which... obviously you know that Azure is not going to kill off all the characters in one book. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like, this is the most <laughs> they they felt, like, actually in danger. And it's not, like, so much more than when there's a bad guy with a gun approaching, right? Like, there, you know exactly yeah. how that's going to go. With this, it's, like, <laughs> completely unprecedented situation. Yeah, a more existential threat. Yeah. And, yeah, that's like, cool. especially because it's written in 1950 and... No one knew what happened yeah. in space to people. I really yeah. like this 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 panel transition at the end of page fifty nine, also where it's like Tintin being like twenty seconds. Mm. Just a, I I just hear like I'm hearing the sound of my own heart beating, and then it cuts to uh, to looking at the rocket ship from afar, like from from mm. from from Baxter's perspective. I think that like mm. that like transition really works as like showing like them being on the spaceship and like facing their fears and at the same time showing the big the, the larger picture of like this being like this huge operation yeah yeah like this this uh this the switching back and forth between the control like ground control and uh and the rocket rocket itself yeah and it, it just the cliffhanger of like just the last time we see them is when they pass out from G-forces and then they're just not on the last two pages of the yep. book. Yeah, they don't reply at all. That's really cool. Yeah, this is, some, this is again, something Ajay has not done before. He has not had... Yeah. Uh, mm. Like, out of the two... There were two books that were... Two and a half, if you can't see Guys of the Pharaoh, uh, books where it was, like, a two-parter, where, like, the... But it was always... It wrapped up in a way that was like, and in our next adventure, we are going to do that. Look forward to that in a month. Yeah. You know, in in this yeah. one, to have a cliffhanger that says, what danger awaits Tintin and his friends on the moon? What will happen on this perilous journey into space? But it ending as like them passing out and also them losing contact to Earth. <laughs> like that's the scariest yeah. shit. And you like really cool and scary. Like, imagine reading yeah. this in 1950 as like either a teenager or like someone who grew up on these comics but like still reading them you know and well no imagine fucking me yeah. reading it like three nights ago i was losing my mind will they ever <laughs> return to earth yeah yeah it is yeah this is very very strong ending for like yeah, yeah it's cool. Person. It's really cool. I think if my expectations had been better prepared, I probably would have enjoyed this more. Because, <laughs> mm. like, reviewing it, I'm seeing a lot more in it yeah. than I saw when I first read it. Um, mm. But I, I kind of enjoyed it. I found it really interesting. Yeah, I think, like, doing this podcast and, like, my memory of reading Tintin was, like, being a kid and being like, oh, that was cool. But, like, actually, like, looking into it, there's, there's just there's a lot here. Yeah. It has a lot yeah. of... Um, 
I don't know, this comic series has like, I'm not even going to say this comic series. I'm going to say out of all the podcast projects I have done where I read through different media series or like watch through them, there hasn't been any one that had so many highs and lows, like or, or where the discrepancy <laughs> mm. between the highs and the lows was so huge. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, like, when hey, it's good, it's incredibly lows. good. And when it's bad, oh boy. <laughs> so, how good was this one to us? We've got to give it a rating. Um, what are our final thoughts and ratings? I here? think this is not a five star book for me. I think this it's is kind of like mid. A, it's like a four star. I think there's a lot to really uh, appreciate in it. And I was going to say 2.5 star. Really? I think yeah. to, me, to me, the final sequence uh, bumps it up by like at least a star. I think I, overall I would give it like a three. Yeah. If only because it's like we don't actually get to the moon. Yeah. Maybe like a three and a half. I mean, that was the other I, thing yeah. where I was like, uh, I think there's a lot of room to for for like growth for in the next book in a way that yeah. the previous two parts didn't have. Like in the previous two parts, it was always the first part that was uh, that was the more exciting one. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, ranking two-parters is weird because so yeah. much of them... I mean, maybe not so much The Secret of the Unicorn, but definitely with Seven Crystal Balls, like, hinges on, like, there being a next part and the yeah. next part being good. And obviously with Seven Crystal Balls, really fucking beefed it there. Oh, yeah. But, like, with this one, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be pretty good, the next part. Yeah, I mean, this is the most... This is the, this is the first time he actually does a build-up to the second part instead of, like, making a story and then, okay, the next story is going to be a different type of story. Which, even yeah. in this one, it is going to be a different type of story, I guess, if they're actually in space. But still, this this feels very much like build-up. So, yeah. I think, yeah, because yeah. he tried to do a story in this one with, like, the espionage stuff. and like Yeah, oh, which I don't care yeah. about, honestly. And I don't, yeah, I don't give a fuck about that, which is kind of why I'm like going I for it. I could have cared about it, but there was too many bonkings and distracting antics for me to care about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, the espionage plot... You know, I think Hershey was really going for that and didn't land it. But the moon stuff yeah. and the science, even though the science fiction stuff was like kind of boring, like he landed it better. Yeah. Yeah. Or launched it better I, yeah. in this case, I guess. It's hard to, I don't know, yeah. hard for me to rate this one also because a lot of it feels like, like as I said, for the first part, it feels like he's really like feeling out what he can do in this new type of genre i guess he's doing yeah. new um, type of genre yeah space <laughs> <laughs> uh ray what is your uh, uh your the rating the rating um yes well i would say it was a 3.5 but then i think yeah i i think it's a 3.5 for me okay that that's that sounds like the rating yeah, yeah, I think yeah, because I I was I was if it's a four for me and a three for Sarah, that's that's a good average. Um, but more yeah. importantly, where do we rank it in our rankings? Obviously, not in the top three. So um, three point based on the ratings that we've given all the other books, three point five puts it below King Otakar's Scepter and above the Crab with Golden Claws. It's definitely better than Crab with the Golden Claws. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like as happy much to put as, as much as the math mid. checks out, uh, I don't know. I think I'd put it above Autocar still. I don't know. I think 
I think the the high points of it yeah. are better than the highs of that. Um, yeah, I am Underneath happy the shooting, to. I kind of want to put it above the shooting star. I'm happy to put it between Black Island and the shooting star. Yeah, which makes the perfectly average Tintin book. I don't think it's a perfectly average book. It's it is one where the highs and lows are like very far apart. I guess. Yeah, like Tintin itself as a franchise, yes. as a series. Okay. Uh, is that us? Do you have okay. anything more to say about that book? I don't think so. Let me look at my notes. Because I think... Yeah, no. I think that's everything that I have to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Comics are um, good, though. Comics are great. Comics good. We love to write comics. Yeah, it's made me miss making them. Hey, Ray, remember when we wrote a comic? <laughs> we did do that, and it was great, and everybody I'm liked looking- it. I'm looking at all the panels and they're like stuck to my wall. Uh, oh hell yeah, they're still up there. They're still up we there. I've still, got, I've still got the wall of comics. Um, That's amazing. Speaking of comics, we wrote. Always remember us, Ray. Where can mm-hmm. people find you on the internet? Well, you can listen to the best podcast in the world, except other, except excepting present company. Um, never believe it. Um, in which many disturbing, distressing, and otherwise disorienting things happen, um, including <laughs> us writing a comic and praising ourselves excessively for the comic that we write. Well, not excessively, because we deserve the praise, because it's the best comic that's ever been written. Um, yeah. And you should <laughs> check retire, it out. <laughs> yeah, Jay retired, bitch. Yeah, ours um, isn't fucking racist. <laughs> I do often think about our comic and I remember because of Colombo and I smile to myself and I feel happy. So, you, yeah, and you can go to our Twitter at, uh, I think it's Church of Not or is it, no, it's Narrowhead <laughs> underscore band yeah. to look at panels of the comic if you would like to. Um, and I don't do anything else. I have, like, some other shitty podcasts, I don't know, but I'm not on Twitter or anything, so, yeah. Just Everyone... listen to Never Believe It. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. It really is. It'll change your life. If Harry had listened to Never it Believe will. It, he would have written a it'll better f- comic. It'll fucking change your life. Imagine if Naruto went to the moon. Oh my god. What, we gotta send Naruto to the moon. God. <laughs> we have to send it didn't Naruto happen to the moon. in the extra canon. Did Naruto go to the moon? I feel like maybe Naruto. I could, honestly, if you told me that Naruto went to the moon in Naruto, I would believe I wouldn't you. be surprised, but I would be mad at you for telling me. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day we'll like start actually doing the podcast again properly on a regular schedule yeah <laughs> we are still doing it we are still doing it we're recording next week okay gamers mm-hmm. yeah i want to um, shout out that i have a new yes. podcast that is uh is already out at the point we're recording this which means by the time you're hearing this it might start wrapping up the first season uh but me and roy from a previous episode you know her from crab with golden claws yes me and Roy have started a podcast called Sicko and Ebert, where it's a, it's vaguely a movie podcast uh, where we come up with different themes for each season of what types of movies we're watching. For the first season, we're watching all of Polly Shore's movies, who was a guy in the 90s a lot of people don't know about, but he was hot shit for approximately four years. <laughs> so for the first Damn, episode, the 90s? we watched uh, Encino Man, uh, which is already out. Um, so you should check that out. Yeah. Okay. The name Polly Shore sounds like a fifties guy. I can't believe this was nineties. Yeah, I'm excited to I'm listen and find surprised. out more. Amazing. You will find out. It is. I, it is okay. a distinctly nine. He's a distinctly nineties guy. Like we talk about how he's 
very a very distinctive type of guy that you don't really hmm, uh, that has guy. completely disappeared since then and was maybe also not existed before him. He just created a new type of guy. Huh. Damn, just dropped. Interesting. Okay, well, uh, let's um, on my way to listen to that. After we start recording, <laughs> I will be taking the. High Wait, road. did you plug yourself, Sarah? No, people know who I am. It's in the description. Yeah, we just plug okay, new shit. Okay, when, cool. We just do plugs when we have something new going have. on. Okay, listen, so. we don't plug our podcast because it would take like ten minutes. Yeah. Okay, sick. I guess I'll have to ask you independently what your podcasts are so I can listen to them. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right, listeners, see you later. I will take the high road. And I take the low.